Hey everybody, good to see you. Welcome. It's been a long time. It seems like it's been a long time. We've been busy. So, uh, but thanks for coming. Uh, we're here to introduce Todd Munkin as the new offensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm very, very excited to be able to do that. But before we get into that, I want to first of all thank some people. Thank the candidates that were involved. We had some amazing candidates that we had a chance to talk to, both college and pro coaches. And I want to thank them for their time, their effort, and uh, for their work. In, this, in the interview process. I also want to thank the committee. We had a committee led by Coach Anthony Weaver, who uh, did a great job. Steve Claggett was on the committee, and Scott Cohen was on the committee. And those guys interviewed Todd, and they interviewed uh, all the other candidates, too, uh, pretty thoroughly. So I appreciate those guys' efforts, and they weighed in on the decision. Um, all the recommendations and um, calls and, and uh, conversations that we had with different people about all the different candidates. I want to thank all those people, too, because it, it was a big help. Um, you know, we made a decision to throw a big net out there. And, uh, and uh, when you do that, when you cast a big net, you know, it's a big undertaking. And uh, it comes with challenges. You know, it's, um, there's a lot of calls. There's a lot of conversations. There's a lot of information gathering. A lot of people in the building helped us with that. Uh, we, we got to know a lot of people. We got to know their stats. We got to know their families, their backgrounds. All those kind of things. We had we had the Zoom meetings with with everybody on a first level. Then we had in person meetings with a, a a pretty pretty big group of guys that were here at the building, and I really enjoyed that. And it gets emotional, you know. I mean, this is a it's a career opportunity for a lot of coaches, and you kind of go through that with them, you know. And things are moving fast, and things are happening, and people are getting pressured in different directions. And and I kind of rode that roller coaster with different guys, but. There's a lot of rewards that go with it, too, and just personally, it was a great experience. I had a chance to get to know some people really well that I didn't know before, Todd obviously being one of those, but also all the other candidates that were involved. Got to know their families in some cases, um, got to learn a lot of football, you know, in different ways that people do things, whether it's systems or how they approach it or how they relate to their players, uh, how they run their no-huddle offenses. I mean, all those things are things that were, you know, just interesting and valuable um, and you get to find out and you realize that there's a lot of great coaches in this profession, a lot of great people in this profession, both in the NFL and at the college level. And it made me feel great to be a part of the profession to get to know these people. And then it came back to, uh, to Todd Munkin. And it started with a call I got. Todd doesn't even know this. It started with a call that I got from my sister, Joni Crean, and Tom Crean. Because uh, when Todd was at Georgia the last couple of years, Joni and Tom got to know Todd and his wife and Terry, and, and they got to be uh, friends, I think, you know, and uh, spend a lot of time together. And, and Joni just tells me, you've got to talk to Todd Munkin. He's amazing. His wife's amazing. He's a great coach. We've seen what he's done here at Georgia. Got on the phone with Tom. Tom reiterated that, how much he respected Todd. And that really got me thinking in that direction. So we reached out and had a chance to talk to Todd. And, and uh, I think on the phone first, and then the Zoom meeting, just talking ball, really. Talking background, we're kind of both from the Midwest originally, but so we, we know a lot of the same people. And I know Todd from afar. You know, I'd watch him coach. We'd coach against each other. Um, but then just talking ball and just how, how, how really great, how extensive his knowledge is, how broad his knowledge is, how, how adaptable he is, how versatile he is in terms of what he's able to do with his, with his X's and O's and his scheme stuff. So the ability to move in different kind of systems, uh, different kind of um, types of football, different personnel groups, Run game, pass game, protection, RPOs, quarterback-driven stuff, downhill run game, play-action stuff tied to it, all the stuff that we're kind of looking for, different kind of tempos, huddle, no huddle, 
real fast, controlled tempo, call plays at the line, don't call plays at the line. I mean, these are all things that you talk about, things that he brings to the table that he's really, I just think, very versatile with. And that's going to be very valuable for us. So that part of it. The relationship part of it was really good, too. Uh, you know, you talk to different people that have been around Todd, players especially, but also coaches. Uh, he's just got a great way with players. He's got a great way in the meeting room. He's very talented in the meeting room. Gets the guys going, gets them laughing a little bit. You'll see. You know, he can talk and he can tell a story, but he can challenge the guys, too, and hold them to the highest standard. I know our players are going to love him. They're going to love being around him every single day. And, uh, and also, I think, finally, I guess the, the, the biggest part for me, you know, character, obviously, relationships, obviously, but the ability to and the focus on building an offense around the talent that you have. Not necessarily a one-system type of, a, of an approach, that this is our system and we fit the players to the system, but a player-driven approach, that we're going to build a system around the players and around the, you know, around the personality of the team. I think our fan base is going to be really excited with what we see from this offense going forward. I know I am. So uh, we're going to get started today. And I guess with no further ado, I'm going to introduce you our new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin. Thank you. And uh, a big shout out to, to Steve Biscotti and obviously Coach and Eric DaCosta and Sashi. You know, they were all part of it. So uh, excited, excited to get started. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of work ahead of us obviously starting with staff and then obviously putting a plan together, building off of what's been really successful in the past, power run game, play action, um, and then trying to build off that. And uh, so it's, it's been exciting. I've been here since last Wednesday, so it's been fun to get started. And I know it's going to go fast, so we have a lot of work ahead of us. Todd, you obviously could have stayed at Georgia. I think you know, it was pretty well known about that. What made, what made this so appealing? What, why did, it, what did this job lure you away and, and, and come here? I think first is the challenge, doing it against the best in the world. I think everybody aspires to have that challenge. Um, if I was going to do it, it was going to be somewhere that was parallel to Georgia. Uh, part of the reason I went to Georgia, one of the main reasons was because of culture, head coach, winning, really good on defense. Obviously trying to find a way to do it better on offense. So I thought that was a, a, a parallel that I thought uh, fit me. Um, so irrespective of uh, who was or wasn't going to be on the roster, I felt like it was, um, it was something I really wanted to do and, and that I've always wanted to do. Um, so that doesn't mean that I'm not grateful for Kirby Smart and the coaches that I worked with there. I get way too much credit for our success. I came in there and the culture was already set. The players were already recruited. The staff that we put together was tremendous in terms of our success, um, but this was what was next. And you can't be two places at once. That's just the way it is sometimes in life. Um, that was a great job, and, um, and it was hard. You get close to the players, but you can't be two places at once, and this is what's next. Todd, you here in Baltimore, you'll have to be able to coach one of the high-profile players in Lamar Jackson. Have you had a chance to talk to him yet? I really haven't had a chance to talk to any of the players, you know, yet really just getting here last Wednesday, just trying to get my feet wet, working through a lot of things that come from um, staff, what we're going to do moving forward, all that, just trying to figure out where I'm headed when I drive to the facility. Todd, you coached in the NFL prior to your time in Georgia. What do you think you learned over these last three years at the collegiate level, playing at the highest level, uh, that you can take away and, and make yourself a better NFL coach? 
I think the game's changed. I think um, the game has become more of a space game, using all 53 and a third yards and using the width and depth of the field, using space players and your skilled players. I think that's changed. Years ago, maybe it was inside zone and duo downhill. Now it's utilizing um, athletic quarterbacks. The game has changed. It's changing from, you know, one time it was uh, taller, you know, pocket passers, and now you're seeing more shorter athletic players. The game has changed in terms of using their athleticism, using players' athleticism, what they what they bring to the table. Um, because the game is about space. It's about being explosive. Well, how do you create explosives? Well, part of it is creating space. So that's probably the biggest thing is how do you find a way to incorporate that uh, into your offense. I think also being no huddle, some tempo, um, what that provides. That creates Because we were all no huddle. It's a little bit different then because of the, the dynamics of a signal system and then you know the green dot to the quarterback. So you have to work through some of that. That'll take some working through. But um, just a, it's a speed bump, not a hurdle. Uh, John, John talked John. about how you're you're not wedded to a system, but you 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 build your offense around the talent that you have. And I've heard that over and over from from people I've talked to who've worked with you. Is that a philosophy that you've had from early on? Like I know, I mean, I know your dad was a longtime coach. I mean, is that something you learned from him, or where where did that come from? That approach. Uh, well, first of all, I learned a lot from my dad. But at that age, I probably wasn't. You know. I was just happy to be on the field and be a water boy, and all my heroes were my dad's players. I mean, that's what you are when you're a coach's kid, is, and it's not always the players are the best players. I learned this. This is one thing I did learn from my dad and some coaches is that, and you try to tell the players and coaches is that, um, you know, young people's favorite players at first start off to be uh, the best players, but then eventually it's the the ones that make you feel special, and so that's your job is to make people feel special, and that, uh, you know, your job is for them. You know, you have a job for them. That's why you have a job is to create the best version of them. And the moment we forget that, we're wrong. We're dead wrong. Um, you know, I think when they say adapt to the personnel you have, let's start off by this. Everything works better with really good personnel. So let's start with that. Uh, irrespective of what that may look like from running back, tight end, receiver. And I've been really lucky to be in a lot of, a lot of really good coaches that I was a part of that. You know, one time I was at Louisiana Tech. And that was when Gary Croton and they were spread. And that's when it started off with bubbles and getting the ball out on the perimeter. And then I went with Les Miles and his fourth and four was just toss it to Jacob Hester. Like it was power run game and inside run was 30 minutes and you practice for three hours. And there's certain aspects of all of that that you gather, um, that you learn from. And you take that and what you realize is that um, good football still is surrounded by don't turn it over, be explosive, score touchdowns in the red zone, be good on third downs, don't have lost yards plays, and athletic quarterbacks that make off-schedule plays. The rest of it just falls into that. That's the analytical part. How do we get to that model? Don't turn it over, and how are we explosive? I don't care if it's with a fullback, without a fullback. Four wide, three wide. My cousins at Army wanted to run a triple option. That works. Okay, now you can only run what you know. You can't just make stuff up. I mean, it's fun to do that, but it usually doesn't work. But the reality is, is that it's, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat, but still the, the principles of how you win are the same. John, did, uh, John Harbaugh or Eric DaCosta, what did they tell you concerning the long-term availability of Lamar Jackson, and did any uncertainty there weigh in your decision-making? Well, okay, first of all, I count on Eric and John there best in the business. They're going to take care of anything that has to do with any player, not just Lamar. Sure, any player that's part of a roster where you're going into, you have an interest of what the roster is going to look like. 
But ultimately, I want to be someplace where structure, organization, great on defense from top to bottom, and everywhere I talked to and everybody I talked to, excuse me, said you want to be, you want to be a Baltimore Raven. You want to be a part of that organization moving forward. Uh, how difficult will it be uh, tomorrow holds out, comes the first week of the season, you know, how far behind will he be with your install? Oh, I'm sure he'll be behind, but um, it's still just football. I mean, I think sometimes we make this out to be way too much, you know. I mean, it's just football. It's been playing. I don't know when he started, maybe at five years old with the Purple Pounders or something in Miami or something. I mean, it's just a football. Like, we'll cater to what he knows and play. But, I mean, it's like any player. You know, if any, any, any player is like that, you know, to where they'd be. Um, the more time you spend with them, the more comfortable they get with any system. That's or relationship, that's part of it. And there's a big part of that relationship from a quarterback, coordinator, play caller, position coach where they're comfortable and there's a trust that is a big part of that, and that's built over time. Even beyond individual plays is that comfort of like, hey, we're, we're going to give you the keys to this car. Let's see what you can do. That happens a lot more in the offseason. I'm kind of now expanding it. Like in the offseason is where you experiment. That's where you kind of, you know, let the quarterback have some reins with it. As you get closer to the season, that kind of goes away a little bit. You have to start game planning and really be dialed into what you're going to do. Todd, you've worked with a lot of different quarterbacks. How would you describe the skill set you would have to work with with Lamar Jackson? Elite. You know, he's got an elite skill set. I mean, it's obvious when you watch him on, on film. I mean, the things he can do with the football and the plays that he makes. And I think he's underrated as a passer. Maybe I think so in terms of his ability to make plays and throw it down the field. Um, so you've all seen it. I mean, I'm like you. I haven't, I mean, I'm no different than you. I watch what you guys watch, you know, and it's pretty amazing. Have you worked with anyone in, similar in, in your many uh, – No. Nothing like that? No. So what would you say some of the strengths and weaknesses of this offense? I mean, I would assume you probably like to tell me. Time. Yeah, you know, that's hard because, um, first of all, when I first started watching film, first of all, you know, there's a transition because Lamar has been here for a while, you know, and the roster changes around players and injuries add to that. And I first started watching and I'm like, wow, they do like they do really good stuff in the run game. Like, holy cow, that, that is very creative. And at first I was watching going, I have no idea why they want me there. Like, I don't know what I'm going to be able to be better at truly you know I was like wow they did some really good things and um you know as you continue to watch and you know players dictate style of play they do players around the quarterback dictate a style of play there's no way around it. when I was at Tampa we had really good receivers we had Deshaun we had Mike Evans we had Chris Godwin we had Adam Humphreys and we had OJ Howard and we had Cam Brait and we had quarterbacks that loved to throw it sometimes to the other team but they liked to throw it but the reality is we were much better throwing it so that's what you right that's where you play to the strengths of who you have right we had to be good throwing it uh, we weren't nearly as adept running it and we I needed I needed to do a better job probably scheming it okay so then you get in somewhere where you start losing some of your perimeter players it's still about winning so it's hard to judge because you don't know the roster. Does that make sense? Like, why are they doing the things they're doing offensively? Because it's still about winning. You have to do the things that give you the best chance to win every week. Um, but I do think that being able to use, I think players want to play in a game that spaces the field. 
I think when you go into an install meeting, all of your skilled players want to say, where are my opportunities coming? Where am I going to get a chance to touch the football and showcase my ability? And I think the more you're able to do that and utilize that, because to me, balance isn't run pass. Balance is make them cover all five of your guys. Make them defend the field. Make them defend, you know, the depth of the field. So I think it's all of those things, easier said than done sometimes, based on personnel. But I think that's where players want to play. They see themselves in that. The game has gone that way. That's the way the college game has gone. That's what they're used to. They're not used to anymore being under center five-step drop. That doesn't exist. They're used to being in gun, RPOs, spreading the field, using space players. That's what they're used to. So I think that's the style they want to play. And so if you said, yeah, is that who we're going to be? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I think that's got to be a part of what you do. You mentioned that Lamar, you think, is, is underrated maybe as a, as a passer. How do you think he's underrated in that way? I think it probably started off when he came out. I think that was already a narrative. I think sometimes there's narrative that gets put out there and it just carries, right? doesn't matter what it is. I don't. doesn't matter. There's narratives in all of our life of what some person can become, who they are, where they were born, ethnicity. It doesn't matter. You put a narrative as to what they can be. I think that started from the get-go of what he can and can't be. And I think in a lot of ways he's proven that to be a falsehood in terms of what he's capable of. And But again, some of those things is a little bit, i got to be careful of how far I step out there because I've never worked with him. So you're sitting there saying things that, you know, um, what was taught, how they schemed it, all those things, but it's impressive. Todd, you had two really good tight ends at Georgia this past year. You, you walk in now with Mark Andrews and Isaiah Lightley. Specifically with Isaiah Likely, how do you feel like you can help take his game to the next level? Oh, I, I don't, you know, um, <clears throat> we became that because they were two of our best players. And, of course, that pissed off every slot we had. So that's just the way this works, right? Okay, you're 11 personnel, your tight ends are mad. You're in 21 personnel. It's just the way this goes. I get it. You know, everybody wants to play. I mean, I get it. Well, our two of our best players were those guys. Luckily, our slots were very um, team-oriented. They were great kids. They understood that. Some of our best leaders, they didn't get the opportunities they wanted. But ultimately, were paid to score, move the football. They were two of our best players. That that always plays itself out. Um, and so when you look at the roster, you see, okay, Mark, who's done it for X amount of years. And Mark won't remember this. So you got two great times. So I'm going to tell a story just for the hell of it here since I have the microphone. So 12 years ago, I'm at Oklahoma State. Mark probably wasn't remember this. So I'm at Oklahoma State. Casey Dunn is the wide receiver coach. I'm the coordinator. We're flying to Arizona to watch a quarterback throw and a receiver run routes. This is 2011. Okay, we go there. I'm dog cussing him the whole way. Can't believe we're going to see sophomores. This is the dumbest thing going. I get there. It's Kyle Allen throwing, and it's Mark Andrews catching as a sophomore, 16-year-old, playing wide receiver. And, of course, he goes to Oklahoma, but, uh, and I'm at Oklahoma State. So, but but the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that he's a tremendous player, done it for a number of years. You've got a young player that is learning how to play at the professional level, but they both have the ability to make plays down the field, run after catch. Um, so it's a great um, starting point because I think they're tough matchup guys. I think it starts with matchups. Where if, Once you get out of the run-play-action world, now you're in the matchup world. Running backs that can win on linebackers, tight ends that can win, and it forces them. Are they going to go big and you win matchups, or are they going to go small and you're better off in the run game? Those guys create matchup issues for you, which is a great starting point. Are you, Sorry about that. I got off a little tangent. Todd, are you anticipating keeping most of the offensive staff in place, or are you still figuring that out as possibly you would bring – it's still a work in progress. You know, I just got here last Wednesday. Um, 
they did a tremendous job here. You can look at film, and some of the things they did on offense were tremendous. So we're, it's still a work in progress. Top the institutional thinking is that you know, the college game kind of flows up to the NFL in terms of scheme and play calling. So having been at the college level for the last few years, you know, what do you think will be next in terms of you know, big-picture philosophy that comes to the NFL? I think it's already started. You can see it, just the teams that were – and they'd already started that years ago. Was, um, um, uh, when I got to Jacksonville – my first stop 15 years ago, 2007, and they started to, to do stats of like under center and gun. And all it's, does is, all it's done is continue to climb. One with spread offenses and the evolution of more athletic quarterbacks utilizing, you know, their legs. Now that comes with a price because you can get beat up, right? I mean, you can get hurt. I mean, it, you expose yourself a little bit more. But the game has changed in terms of that where, like I was saying with quarterbacks, you're seeing less and less big pocket throwing quarterbacks. I'm not saying that's going away because you still have to have an elite skill set. doesn't matter what it is. But you're seeing a lot more where it's like, okay, what are you going to sacrifice? Would you rather have a 6'5 statue, okay, um, or would you rather have someone that's maybe a little more athletic? And first of all, you'd love one that's a really good player because you wouldn't turn down Tom Brady, right? So I'm, I'm not saying that. Never still have to be elite. But the point is, is what you're having to look at there's more and more athletic quarterbacks. There's more spread. And the more spread you are and the more empty you are, it's more fun if your guy's athletic. He can get you out of trouble. Like, he can buy yards in the, the, uh, the Super Bowl. I think Mahomes had 40 yards, even with a bad ankle, and the other quarterback had 70. Well, that's hidden yardage. That's auxiliary yardage. Gets you out of trouble because you're rarely going to be perfect in protections, right? And the more spread you get, right, the more space the more, okay, wow, they start to cover down and he makes a guy miss, he can make you pay. I think the game has changed that way where years ago when I was that way, there were more fullbacks. There were more Mike linebackers. There were more big tight ends. There were more Mercedes Lewis. Hell, he's been playing since I was in Jacksonville, for God's sakes. And we got a guy coming out, Darnell Washington. He's a throwback. Why? Try to find a why. Try to find a blocker in college. Try to find that. It's very difficult. You're finding more air raid wideouts that were big. Kittle was 205 pounds out of high school. He was playing wideout. Well, those are your matchup guys because they were wideouts. They, they got raised in a wideout offense, and they got bigger. So that, they're even more of a matchup because they can route run. They can separate. So I think that's where the game has changed for matchup players, and teams are more willing to do that. When you take Wes Welker playing X receiver for the Dolphins, and they were ahead of their time. They put him in the slot, and he's a Hall of Famer. You leave him at X or Z, he's not a Hall of Famer. He's a good player, not a Hall of Famer. So what is it that you do with a certain player that creates that advantage? Same with tight ends. Years ago, you know, at one time, Kellen Winslow was like, that was a novelty. That was like, boy, that's a, holy cow. He's not the novelty. That is what it is now. That's the game today. Uh, your impression of Odell Beckham? Since he's Can I, I don't even know the rules. Can I speak on it? Oh, so that I can speak on it. You can't speak on a guy that's under contract, right? Okay. I really like Odell. Odell Super athletic, twitchy, really likes football. I mean, I really did. You know, it didn't work out the year I was there, but ultimately, he's like every skilled player. He's no different. I don't know why everybody gets pissed off. Like, he wants the ball. Well, really? Like, I don't know where I've been where a great player didn't want the ball. I didn't know where a basketball player didn't want shots or a baseball player didn't want to get bat bats. That's what they want. They want opportunities to showcase their ability. I think it's awesome. I think he's tremendously skilled and and I like his personality. He likes to compete. He has a tough deal, though, because he's a, he, in my opinion, and he may think differently, and he may, you know, it's like, it's tough being a, um, a face. Does that make sense? 
like NBA deals with all the time, but there's very few NFL players outside of quarterbacks that they really know their face, that they're a, they're a market. They're, and he's that way, and I think that makes it hard, you know, at times when you're under the microscope like he is. It really is hard. But I, I liked Odell a lot, liked his skill set, liked his work ethic. He fought through an injury. Tremendous. Two more last time. Uh, I think you, you, know, you said this wasn't a big issue, but you know, Stetson Bennett said he didn't really understand football until he got to working with you, and you said all the credit to him. I guess, how do you kind of go about teaching guys to see football the way that you do so that you guys are all on the same page? Well, that's, that's way too much. I mean, obviously then, you know, he was under a, he was at a camera and he had to say that, you know what I'm saying, to say that shit. So, I mean, let's, let's, get, let's get real. Like, um, you know, the reality is he was a really good player. I was already thinking about my answer before I actually heard the second part of the question. What was the second part of the question? Sorry. You go about teaching players to, to see the game that you want them to, to see it. Um, I think it's the reverse of that. I think it's how they see the game. I think, and then figuring out what they already know, like how they see it and are they capable of certain things. Some players are more capable than others, right? Like anything, any job um, that you have, some people are more capable than others of certain tasks, right? So some quarterbacks want control. Some quarterbacks want to be in charge of changing routes and protections, and some don't. Some don't want that. Some players, it, there's a lot that goes with that. He wanted that. He's very smart. He was older. He understood football. He just didn't understand certain things that if you want to play in the NFL, you're going to have to know. So, you know, for him to say that, um, you know, I mean, I don't know. You know, but the reality is, is I think you see it through the player's eyes first, and then you go from there because you can't, you can't force someone to do something they're not capable of. You can't take a you know, fullback and say, hey, we want you to be a matchup guy and a linebacker. You know, things like that that you just have to work through. Uh, the past five years, the, the area where the Ravens have struggled is consistently throwing football. And watching some of the film that you have of this team, how much can this team improve, especially in the past game? Well, it starts with um, working together. Um, an elite passing game is timing. It's working together. Um, and I think the less you have of that based on off-season or rotating your skilled players, I think the harder that becomes. And I think the more consistent, the other thing is we have to do a great job of building concepts that fit together so it fits in a quarterback's brain that, okay, this is X, Y, Z, whatever, but it's very similar, the same of how we start. And I think the more you go down that road, I think the easier it becomes. Obviously, the better you run the football, the better it is to throw it. So it starts with the with excellent run game and then go from there. Cheers, Coach. One more. For the fans. For the fans. That was a good one, though. I like the way I said Like, it wasn't your question. It was for the fans. Who's going to let down the fans, for God's sakes, right? You had to go with that question then. Holy cow. Todd, you're probably aware there is an avid fan base that hopes and prays that you are the one that is going to fix this offense, which has struggled. How do you – is there a pressure that comes with that, and how do you personally handle scrutiny that comes with this job? Well, I think first off – as we all know in this profession, let's start with this. Um, this is week to week, month to month, year to year, because I don't think that fan base would have said that 19, right? I would have doubted that would have been the way that they thought of it. And things go year to year, and, and, and then you re- reassess. Does that make sense? 
Um, who doesn't like offense, for God's sakes? The league revolves around fantasy football. I mean, they want to see scoring, right? I mean, that's, it's interesting. You could win 41-40, or you could win 7-6, and you'd think the 41-40 team's just killing it. It's the way it is. It's what we're built around, right? Um, I only control what I can control. You say, is there pressure around it? There's pressure everywhere. There was pressure at George. You could say, well, you had the best players. Yeah, but they expect us to go 10-2 and two at a minimum. That's pressure. You know, you, you can't lose many games, you know. So it's, there's pressure. It's what we do. That's what we sign up for. That, that's our job. Like that, anybody that says that doesn't come with the territory, they're lying. That's a big part of what we do. And yet that's some of what drives us, you know, that challenge of doing it better than they do it. Because that's what it comes down to in the NFL. You got good players. You got good coaches. You got good scheme. How do we do it better than they do it? How do we gain percentages? Whatever there is, a 1% here, whether it's analytics, whether it's special teams, whether it's protection, whether it's a player, you're just trying to gain percentages to give you the best chance to move the football. So I'm excited. I'm excited to get started. Um, but again, um, again, like I always say, we're paid to score. You know, and if you don't score, that's no fun. I mean, I don't know what else to say. And it's fun. Obviously, I get it, you know, so.